Maybe go to a couple places in your scriptures. Go to Matthew 28. Most of us could probably quote this scripture. Matthew 28. Look at verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Amen. What do we call those, those three verses? The Great Commission. We see it repeated again in a little bit different wording in, uh, in Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. It didn't say you can be. You shall. Let me just say this. This is not the message. You are a witness for Jesus. You're either a good one or a very poor one. You are a witness. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. We've read the last words Jesus said to his disciples. Right after that, he was called up into the cloud. I have a message I preach on that where the angels, when they appeared in the clouds, said, why stand you gazing? Interesting thought. But these are his last instructions. He tells the disciples they're to be his witnesses. As fundamental, independent, soul-winning Baptists, we're, we like to call ourselves soul winners. We like to say, we do that. We go. But I'm going to give you, just, I'm going to give you some other verses about soul winning just to give you something to think about. We know these verses. The title of this little study, and we won't be long at all, three verses for soul winning. First one I want us to look at, if you've got an Old Testament, you'll find it. If you've got just a New Testament, you won't find it. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, beginning in verse number 5, verse number 6, excuse me. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and let the unrighteous man uh, his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he, he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Man, what a great set of verses. He's talking about turning from our way to go God's way. That's repentance. The next verse says, uh, well, verse 7 said, let the wicked man forsake his way. i got to quit going every way I wanted to go. I have to quit thinking everything I thought come God's way. Verse, six, or verse 8 says, for, your thoughts are not, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Then look at verse, uh, let's see here. Verse number 9, and for as the heavens are higher than, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We normally jump down to verse number 11, but I don't want to miss verse 10. For the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. This is the verse I want you to notice. Verse 11, so shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. He said, so shall my word be. It'll be what? Well, like verse 10. Look at verse 10 again. For as the rain cometh down. When the rain comes, how do you get good crops? I live in Michigan. Farmers have not been able to get their crops in the ground because we've been deluged with rain. It's, they're talking about building arcs. I went to the ark part store. They were out of parts, all right? But, I mean, it's just you can't, you can't plant crops in that because that that heavy rain will drown it out, wash the seed away. What do you want? You want to get that seed in the ground and then just steady rains, those April rains or May rains supposed to come, just steady all day long. What does it do? It sinks down into the earth. It brings the nutrients. It causes things to grow. God said, what do you think about my word that way? 
just like the, the, the rain does that, like the snow in Michigan. We have snow. I'm against it. It's a four-letter word. I'm absolutely against it. I'm allergic to it. But you know how necessary snow is? It's what causes all that stuff to grow. Uh, you're not going to have lilac bushes growing the way they're supposed to unless it freezes in the winter, has the snow on them. Then soon spring comes out, man, they're everywhere, and it kills me because I'm allergic to that stuff. Went to visit Dad yesterday, and he's got this giant lilac tree in his front yard. I walk by him like, oh, my soul. It's one of the reasons I'm probably struggling to breathe today. But you get that, and it soaks down in, and God says, that's what my word is. First thought about this verse regarding soul winning, the word of God. It's not your word, it's not your testimonies that saves people. It's the word of God. Everything God has ever done, he's done by his word. Genesis 1, the Bible says that he created, he said, let there be light and there was light. He did it how? Just speaking it, his word. Uh, Jesus is called the word. I won't take time to read all these verses. John 1, you know them. Jesus taught the word uh, when he went into, the, into Capernaum, into the synagogue. And it says that when he taught there, verse 22 of, of Mark 1, and they, uh, they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority. What was the authority? He taught the word of God. They'd never heard it taught like that before. Uh, he forgives sins by his word. He raised the dead. By his word. Uh, He calmed the wind and the sea. How? By his word. He cast out demons. By his word. Everything he's ever done, he's done by his word. Why do we use so little of it when we're soul winning? Man, I've seen guys, they've got the little salvation plan. They've got four verses. Slow down. Yes, I believe you can take one verse in scripture and show somebody how to go to heaven. But I doubt they're going to get saved unless there has been some previous seed planted that the Holy Spirit can use. Because the Word of God, it's inspired, it's truth, it's what makes us free, it produces faith. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, not by your salvation testimony. Faith comes from the Word of God. Um, It judges us, it brings conversion. I love what Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Yeah. Nobody gets saved apart from the Word of God. What am I saying? When you go soul winning, use the Word of God. Amen. I love Philippians chapter 2 when it says that, we will, that every knee will bow to Jesus Christ. They'll bow to that name. Every, everybody in the whole world, in the world, uh, you know, in hell, in heaven, every created being, they're going to bow the knee. Amen? It's interesting in Psalm 138 too, where David said, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God says, this book is more important than my name. We're not soul winning. It is the weapon we're to use. When you look at the scriptures in, in Ephesians 6, it gives us the armor for a believer. That's the offensive weapon we're given, the Word of God. Go to Romans 1.16 if you want. I'm going to quickly just move to the next thought so we don't have a lot of time. Romans 1, verse number 16, where Paul says, I am, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, 
and also to the Greek. What a powerful verse. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So I'm not either. Well, when was the last time you said it publicly? Yeah. The guy next to, next to you at work. When was the last time he heard from your lips the gospel? Yeah. Uh, Paul said to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not to baptize. It's interesting. They were having a fight over who led somebody to the Lord and who baptized who. Can you imagine? They were having a fight in church. Well, you know, I was, I'm of Paul. Paul won me to Christ. Well, I am of Apollos. He apparently followed him as pastor. You know, and then I am of Cephas, Peter. And then the sp- super spiritual ones, I am of Christ. You just want to smack him when you read that. <laughs> and what does Paul say? For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. We have the word of God, but next of all, we need to have the gospel of God. And I'm glad the Bible defines that for us. Take your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. These are powerful verses. We'll start in verse 1, we'll read down through verse 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Verse 2, by which also ye are saved. So what he's about to tell you is how you got saved. If that's not what brought you to Christ, you didn't get saved. You may have religion. But if what he's about to talk about is not what you believed, you're not going to heaven. By which also you're saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ, say the next four words with me, died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. And then he goes on to saying that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it's more than just reciting a historical fact. He died for our sins. Matthew 121 says that he, he, well, let me read that one. I'm going to misquote it this morning. My mind is tired. I only drove 880 miles yesterday. My, My son was bragging after he got off work. You know, he ran for, I think, two and a half miles, or no, five miles yesterday. And then my son-in-law piped up, said, well, I, I biked two and a half miles. And I said, I drove 880 and got my blood pressure by yelling at the crazy drivers. Does that count? They said no. <laughs> <coughs> Notice Matthew 121. And she shall bring forth the son, and that shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from... Notice, it does not say... Save them from hell. It does not say save them from damnation. It does not say to save them from judgment. It says save them from their sins. I'm afraid we preach a gospel. We don't deal enough with sin. The gospel deals with the fact Jesus came to die on the cross not to be a martyr, not to give us a great story, but to pay the penalty that we owe. When you're dealing with sinners... Talk about their sin. Uh, he, he says there that, uh, that, that he died for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again. That's the difference. Today you can go to the tomb of Buddha. You can go to the tomb of Muhammad. And there's somebody in there wrapped in their grave clothes. You should go to the tomb of Jesus. It's empty. That's the difference. The powerful message of salvation is to sinners and if, if, if you want them to get saved, give them the gospel. Don't be in such a hurry. I've seen people out soul winning. You know, they'll give you, you know, ask somebody if they died today. You know, I'm sure you go to heaven. 
well, no, I don't know that. So they'll quote them Romans 3.23. Good verse, for all sin to come short of the glory of God. Then they'll usually jump, you know, right to Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Uh, and so you don't want death. Dude. Well, no, no, no. Well, Romans 10.13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I remember one time I was out soul and I did that. I, I used a couple more verses, but I skipped Romans 10, 9, and 10. Where it deals with the, re- the resurrection. I asked the man to pray. I said, you want to you pray and trust Christ? He said, why would I pray to a dead man? I hadn't told him he was alive. Paul told the church at Corinth, there's no resurrection. We are of all men most miserable if Christ rose not from the dead. Everything we believe is a lie. We're it now for the resurrection. So when you're giving somebody the, the, the gospel, use the word of God. Give them the gospel of God. It is the revelation of redemption. Don't shorten it. Don't change it. When you, several things you've got to deal with when you're talking to a sinner. Deal with their sin. Deal with the sinner. He came to save you like he came to save me. Deal with the Savior. Aren't you glad Romans 5, 8 in the Bible? But God commendeth his love toward us while we're yet sinners. Christ died for us. He didn't save us because we were good. He saved us because we weren't. Give them the story. Notice the alliteration there. Sin, the Savior. Uh, sin, the sinner, the Savior. Uh, the story, that's the gospel. And then the salvation. Galatians gives us a great warning to anyone who would change the gospel. Don't change it. Don't shortchange it. We have to go now to John 12. John 12. We're going to look at verse number 32. It says there in verse number 32, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus says here, if I'm lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. What's he talking about? It doesn't mean he's, he's famous. It doesn't mean everybody was talking about him. The next verse tells us. Your Bible will define itself. This he said, signifying what death he should die. It's all about the cross. Amen? And, uh, he's, and the people answered him, uh, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. How sayest thou that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come unto you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. He begins to tell in verse number 46, I am the light into the world. Uh, he, he goes to verse 48, He that rejecteth me rejecteth not my words, uh, and receiveth not my words, excuse me, hath uh, one that judgeth him. But the word that I have spoken unto you, the same shall judge him in the last day. We need to use in, in, the, in our gospel presentations, we need to use the word of God to give the gospel of God, to introduce people to the Son of God. We have to understand, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. When did that happen? On Calvary. I like to show that verse to the charismaniacs and, and I like to show that to the, the, to the Calvinist. He said, I'll draw all men. Not just the elect. Can't I hear that works? You cast a vote for Jesus, he casts the second vote, and he's elect, you're elected into his family. Amen. You turn towards him and you get saved. It's he who draws them to himself. You present the gospel 
And the Spirit of God does the work and draws the sinner. You notice in Matthew, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. Why? Anytime you see the word therefore, you need to look in the Scripture and see what it's there for. What's it there for? Because of the power of God that I have, that I've now given to you. Get the gospel to the world. He says the same thing in Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Remember hearing John R. Rice preach on that. He said the power wasn't for, for doing miracles. The power wasn't to heal people. The power was to give the message. The power was for witnessing. Romans 10.14. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Jim Elliot, the great missionary to the Aka Indians, said, Of what worth is Calvary to a man who's never heard? I believe it was A.B. Simpson said, Why should anybody hear the gospel twice till everybody's heard it once? You'll be amazed today as we go around. We no longer live in a Christianized nation. It was. I'm not saying everybody in our founding was saved. They weren't. But they had respect for this book. They knew the Word of God. In the 40-something years I've been preaching, Brother McKell, I've noticed this. I can't just refer to a Bible story like I used to. Well, you remember in the Old Testament, and people look at you and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm talking church members. Deacons. Like, what are you talking about? And you've got to slow down. Take them over there and show it to them. Yeah. I'll close with this illustration. I was out soul winning one time when I was traveling with Dr. Joe Boyd. And we were in Fort Smith, Arkansas, doing a tent revival. And I knocked on the door of a family, and they were Cambodian. Now, this was in 1979. They had just relocated from Cambodia to Fort Smith, Arkansas. And the only ones that spoke English were the teenage girls. We get a witness to them. They had never heard the name Jesus. They didn't know who he was. They'd just gotten there. They'd only been there about a month from Cambodia. And so I began to explain the scriptures to them. I had to go clear back to Genesis, explain creation, explain the fall of man. I had to explain Christ's coming to pay the price that we all owe since Adam. I was with it for about two hours. Both those teenage girls got saved. The next day, the whole family came to church. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Sunday before, one of their men, who was a a Vietnam veteran who spoke Cambodian, had walked the aisle, told the pastor, God wants me to start a Sunday school class to Cambodian people. These young girls walked forward to get baptized. Their mom and dad walked forward. Apparently, the girls had been explaining what the preacher was saying, what Dr. Boyd was saying. This this man in the church took the couple aside, mom and dad, and led mom and dad to Christ in Cambodia and started the Cambodian ministry in their church. What was it? They just needed somebody to take the word of God, show them the the gospel of God, uplifting the son of God, and they got saved. You know why people don't get saved? They don't tell them. And it's not our job to save them. That's God's job. Uh, We help them here. Uh, These three verses, as you witness, should give you confidence. Because you witness, God saves. You plant seeds, 
God waters. You make yourself available, God will use you. It's His Word that accomplishes salvation. It's the gospel that's powerful. And it is the Son of, the Son of God, Jesus, who draws them. When you witness in power, you will be witnessing with the Word of God. Let's use our Bibles today. Let's take our time with sinners. Be careful to explain the gospel. Don't be in a hurry. Their eternity is in the balance. You ever buy a car and didn't listen closely when they were explaining the contract you were getting ready to sign 97 times? You ought to write the name Brandenburg, Douglas Brandenburg, 97 times. I'm buying me a rubber stamp. Just, my hand starts cramping after writing that. Seven letters in the first name, 11 in the last name. My hand gets tired. You don't pay attention to all that. Then you get in trouble. You find out, oh, I didn't know that was in a contract. I wonder how many sinners have had a soul winner at their doorstep. Nobody took the time to explain the gospel. I, uh, I lied to you. I'm going to use a democratic word. I misspoke. I have another illustration. Dad told me this one yesterday. When Dad was nine years of age, they moved from Kentucky to Richmond, Indiana. He was, he, like I said, he was nine. He went to a, a, assembly of God, or Mount, uh, a, a church of God, Mountain Assembly, that his parents liked. And when he was 11 years old, he walked an aisle at the end of a, of a message by a preacher. He came to the altar to get saved. The preacher looked at him and said, well, just pray through, son, just pray through. And left him at the altar. Dad went away lost. A few years later, he was at a Salvation Army revival meeting. Leatherlung evangelist was preaching. Preached on hell, gave the invitation. Dad walked forward, just like he had done two years before. The evangelist came off the platform. And took his Bible and showed dad, showed dad how to get saved. Guess what happened? At 13, Dad got saved. Amen. Yesterday, he wept as he told me, he said, son, I'd have got saved two years earlier. Somebody would have just explained the gospel. Let's be faithful today. Let's be bold. Uh, you read in Acts, when they were filled with the, the power of God, filled with the Spirit of God, they spake the word with boldness. It's not us. It's that book. It's the power of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son to be our substitute. We did not deserve it. We still don't. We're sure thankful for your mercy and your love. Thank you that somebody took the time to carefully give us the gospel and help us get to you. Pray you'd help us today as we go. May we be faithful to give out the gospel. May we go in your power and in your spirit and may you use us to make a difference in the lives of people that today are on their way to hell but could be on their way to heaven. Use us to to help them make the change. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.